Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. For those of you guys that wonder why I'm laughing, I just looked up the Cookie Monster um, video, and he's like, C is for cookie. So silly. But no joke, we're all kind of worried that we're going to turn into the Cookie Monster for the holiday season. I know a lot of us, like, for the past four Christmases, I was always worried about, oh my god, there's going to be cookies everywhere. Oh my goodness, there's going to be meals everywhere. My mom's going to make my favorite pie. She's going to have fresh whipped cream. It's going to be ice cream. There's going to be amazing cookies. I'm going to get so fat. That was like how all of the holidays went for me for a long time. And of course, when I, when I thought those things, then I would literally turn into the cookie monster. And it was just... A really awful time. It was just me eating tons of cookies, Vegeta purging, trying to explain why the cookies aren't there, just just kind of laughing, like, yeah, I guess I just really love the cookies a lot. Haha, <laughs> everything's fine. That was the holiday experience for me for a long time, and it was awful. So that's what this episode is going to be about today. It's going to be about the cookie monster. It's going to be about how to deal with food around the holidays, how to deal with all the decadent food, all the cookies that are everywhere in the universe, everything like that. And I hope that this can help you. Here's the number one thing that I'm going to tell you that you're going to have so much resistance to. This rule of mine, this like advice of mine for you, you're going to want to laugh at me and then throw it out the window and run away. But I'm going to tell you, this is key to, to success. And if you do this, or if you don't do this, I guess, you're going to be much more likely to binge. And this is to not restrict. I know your fears about restriction. I know why people restrict around the holidays. You think that if I save up my calories for the holiday dinner, if I save up my calories for the cookies, or if I try to like fast beforehand, then I can um, mitigate any of the damages, like the high calorie food around my family, all of that stuff. Like maybe if I save up for that event, then I can eat whatever I want. Or even if I try to just eat normally, if I overeat on accident because I don't know the calories there or whatever, then that can mitigate some of the damages and I definitely won't overeat or I definitely won't gain weight. A lot of us are scared of weight gain during the holidays, but here's why that logic is a little bit flawed and why you should just eat normally during the day before and eat normally before leading up to the holidays and everything. Here's some really good reasons why you should do that and why you should maybe just take the hit of overeating a little bit that day. First of all, if you fast the day of, like let's say you're saving up calories for the event, you are much more likely to binge. You're like 400 times more likely to binge during that event, during this large meal or during the cookies that your mom is serving to you. If you've been hungry all day, or you've been hungry like trying to lose weight or whatever, trying to save up calories for weeks, if you've been starving yourself for a long time or you've just been restricting for a long time, you've been restricting that day, when someone offers you the decadent food that is usually at holiday meals, your brain is going to freak out. Like even if you didn't have a problem with food, a normal person, when you starve a normal person that doesn't have any history of eating disorders, doesn't have any issues with food, can eat intuitively, and you say, hey, don't eat for eight hours after sleeping. So they've been really fasting for 16 hours. Don't eat for that amount of time, and then you set them in front of a plate full of their favorite food, they're going to overeat. 
because they're hungry and they're over hungry. They're past that point of being extremely hungry. And so they don't even, they don't care and they're more of their primal brain is willing to take over. Now you do have control that whole time. You definitely have control. Even when you're super hungry, you cannot binge. And I fully believe that, but it's harder. It's harder when you're extremely hunger, hungry. So why not just make it easier for yourself? And why just not just like eat some meals during the day and not be as hungry? And then you know what could happen? You know what could happen is if you eat some normal meals that not like junk food or whatever food, eat some normal meals as in sit down with some protein, carbs, and fats, and some vegetables for some micronutrients, if you sit down and have a meal beforehand that actually satiates you and meets your nutritional needs and helps you, you may come to the holiday event, the holiday meal, you may see cookies that your parents have, and you may think, I'm not really that hungry, and I don't think I want that right now. Like, I feel good. I feel fine energy-wise, and I think I'm only going to have just one, or I don't really need that at all. And I laugh because... This concept sound, sounded so ridiculous to me at the time, but I was bulimic, and now I do this a lot. But as a child, I would do this quite naturally. As a child, my parents would get so mad at me because I would eat before an event. <laughs> we would always be going to family events. My family was really heavily involved in social life, so we were always going to these big gatherings with tons of food at them. And my parents would be upset because I wouldn't eat at the gatherings, and it's not because I felt self-conscious. It's just because I wasn't hungry then. And so I didn't want to eat, but I also ate beforehand. I knew I, I would have food later too. So I would eat before an event, even though my parents told me not to. And then during that event, I wouldn't eat because I wasn't hungry. And then after the event, I'd be hungry. And I was like, okay, I'll eat something at home. I'll eat some crackers or whatever. But my parents would be frustrated, but really they should have been proud of me because I was intuitively eating. They should have thought, you know what? She's honoring her hunger. And she actually isn't hungry when there's tons of decadent food around because she already ate. It's crazy I did that naturally as a kid, but all of a sudden when I started binging and purging, when I started restricting, then it got all convoluted. We are so untrusting of our bodies. We're so not trusting of our natural hunger cues. And we don't think that we have the capability to understand how to eat, but you're all born with it. You're all born with this ability to know when you're hungry and stop when you're full. And then we just mess it up by using external sources of validation of whether we should be hungry or not, like calorie counters and whatever people are eating on Instagram. But really, it's you. You know best and you can tap back into that. But it's only going to start when you actually start listening to your body again, when you start experimenting with eating food. And this is the perfect opportunity to do this. Have a big meal before a holiday event, which I know sounds like sacrilegious to a lot of you. It's like, what do you mean eat a bunch of calories before a holiday event? Are you crazy? That's just asking for weight gain. But really, what it could be doing is you could actually go to that holiday event and you could literally not be hungry. And then the craziest thing could happen. You could like eat a little bit of chicken and like your favorite cookie and you'd be fine. I've done that so many times since being um, recovered. I don't eat as much when I go out. Like, I just don't because I've already eaten because I'm so used to my routine. I work from home, so I eat whenever I feel hungry. And then I stop when I feel full or satisfied. And that's such a blessing. And I commonly, I don't ever fast before events anymore. I don't ever try to save up calories. I just eat. And if I know I'm having some sort of event with my uh, boyfriend or something later in the day or we're going on a date, 
it's not a big deal to me because I know if I go to that event and I want to eat less, I can eat less and it's not a big deal. And he's not going to care. He's not a food pusher. He doesn't feel bad when he eats more than me. So it's not a big deal. But you guys have to stand up for yourself. So anyway, that was the, that was the first and major rule and like the most important one. Eat before a holiday meal. I know you're like the convoluted logic is like, oh, if I save up, then then somehow then I'll mitigate all of the extra food I eat. But you're literally making it much more likely that you're going to binge. You're setting yourself up to binge. You're like taking the possibility that you're going to binge and then you're increasing the desire to binge. You're just like revving up that likelihood with restricting. You're like, hey, I already have urges to binge when I'm not even hungry. So let me just crank up the hunger times 11 and then see if I binge then. It's like, what are you doing? But I know we all need so that reminder. And I promise you, if you eat beforehand and you eat normal meals and you actually meet your body's nutritional needs, you may still have the urges to binge. This doesn't automatically get rid of binging and purging, but you could be a lot more equipped to handle those urges. And if you follow the other advice from my podcast, like I said, of course, working with me and joining my course, those people take action and that's why they're successful. But I give away a lot of this advice that you need to understand through the podcast. So if you're on a budget and everything, try to take this advice of not restricting and then also go to my earlier episodes where I talk about how to manage urges and how to not binge and purge. Try to combine that advice and you may find that this holiday goes a lot differently because you actually have the tools that you're equipped with to handle not binging and purging. Just take some action. And at the very least... Like experiment. Like if you don't believe me at all and you're like, you're, you're lying, you don't understand, I'm going to binge, you have no idea what you're talking about. I think you should at the very least experiment with my advice. Like try it. Try it. Go all in for one day. Like, hey, I'm going to have some breakfast and some lunch and then we're going to have this big dinner. Try it and see how your body responds and you may be pleasantly surprised. So that is that. Hopefully that was helpful to you. Um, <laughs> uh the other pieces of advice are less important, but I'm going to go through them. Remember that you can have this food anytime you want. And I know that that also, like you've probably told yourself a thousand times before, but here's how I'm going to recommend that you try to believe this fact to be true. Rationally, whenever your brain says like you're never going to get this food again, it's important to not let your run, your mind run wild, your mind run amok, and remind your brain like, hey, I am an adult or I'm just a human. I can go to the grocery store at any time in my life. I can go tomorrow. I can go yesterday. I can go whenever I want. I, I could go and get all the food that is in front of me right now and I can make it. So you literally can have this food anytime you want. The reason you don't believe that is because you never allow yourself to have food at all, anytime, anywhere. Like you're like, I would never in my right mind allow myself to have this food. So the ways that I could best advise you to get to combat that is to plan to have some foods that you actually want that you think are taboo. So for me, it would be my mother's cookies, like the melting moments. And I don't know if you guys know what that is, but... Basically, they're these really fantastic little cookies that are just made with like flour, cornstarch, sugar, and some sort of butter, and or margarine, I think. It's not even butter, but, and then they have some nice little melty frosting on them. And they're called melty moments because whenever you put them in your mouth, they're like a cloud and they just really disintegrate in your mouth quite quickly. It's like this, just, I love them as a kid too. They're just like these, so simple, so sweet, a little salty, and they melt. 
and it's just wonderful. <laughs> I really like them. So it'd be really unrealistic for me to go into this Christmas and say, you know what? I am not going to have a single melty moment. I don't like them. I don't need them. I'm not going to have one. I'm going to resist the whole time. I'm going to use willpower. I don't even care. Like that's such an unrealistic plan and it's not allowing myself to have the food that I really want. And it's not also, it's really reinforcing that idea that you can't have this food anytime. I truly like if there is me saying you can never have melty moments. So what would be better for my brain and my mindset and my overall well-being is saying, hey, I like melting moments. So when I go home, what could I do to, I could, and when I go home, I'm going to plan to have melting moments and I'm going to plan to eat them. And I'm not planning to binge on them. I'm not planning on having a whole bucket of melting moments. I'm planning on ha having probably like two or three a day. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe I'll, I'll like get sick of it. I don't tend to eat sweets as much anymore. So I, that may be sugar overload for me, but I'm going to plan to have some melting moments. And that takes the taboo out of it. That takes the enticingness of this forbidden fruit away. Because when you plan to do something, it becomes a lot less surprising and a lot less thrilling. And when you actually plan to do something and then you follow through and you actually give your brain what you planned and said you were going to do, you are then building trust with yourself. You're saying, hey, we're going to do this, and then you follow through. And so your brain, your body, there's this trust being built. And again, when then you actually eat that food, you follow through with what you're going to say, what you're going to eat then you start to truly believe that you can actually have the food anytime you want. You can eat this food anytime you want, I promise you. And the only way you're going to believe that is if you rationally remind your brain that you can, and then you show your brain that you can. Or the three things, reminding, saying, and doing. So actually telling your brain the logics, the facts versus the drama, and then taking action and allowing yourself to have some of the foods that you want. And again, I'm not saying allow yourself to binge or like decide to binge or whatever. I just don't go full hedonism unless you want to. It's your prerogative. But a lot of us just want to have a normal relationship with food. And that's how you do it. That's how you build trust with yourself. You take some risks. You tell yourself you're going to do something and then you do it. And then you keep repeating that action. Sometimes you fall down, but then you get back up. That is that. <laughs> and then I also want you to try to actually enjoy the food. And how do you enjoy food? This is a question that many of us have asked because usually what we're used to in a binge is numbing out and we like eat food mindlessly while watching TV. All of a sudden the food's gone. We didn't really taste it. It just kind of is like rushed when you're rushing. Food never tastes really good because you're just trying to inhale it as fast as possible. That's not enjoying food. I want you to actually enjoy the food and here's how you enjoy food in my eyes. And please write in if you think of something else. But enjoying food to me is sitting down. Like, sitting down in a comfortable place. Like, I don't eat in my office anymore. I never eat in my bedroom. I never have. But I don't eat at, um, I try not to eat in the kitchen. Like, sometimes my boyfriend and I will bake a, a fresh thing of brownies and then we'll, like, <laughs> be in the kitchen together and we might, like, take a spoonful of the brownies to test them. <laughs> but otherwise, I don't like to stand in the kitchen and eat because it's a sign to me that I'm kind of rushing or, like, not being patient for the food or trying to distract eat so I try to sit down and purposefully like take some time that isn't my break that isn't anything to eat and then I maybe have some tv playing like usually I watch a youtube video or something but sometimes I just have like 
no sound on and I just like eat some food in the silence or in the conversation and company of my partner. And I take a bite and then I put the fork down and I just think about, wow, this food tastes good. Like, what does it feel like? What's the texture like? What's the taste like? Do I really like it? Do I enjoy it? eat it slowly. I don't just try to swallow it quickly. I try to eat it slowly. I try to enjoy it. I try to think of what I like about it. And also, this is a good point for you to test out, do you actually like this food? And if you find that when you actually slow down to eat it, you may find that some of the foods that you thought were the holy grail of foods are not that good. Like I did this with peanut butter for so long. I used to think that peanut butter, peanut butter was the most amazing food in the world. And when I actually took time to slow down and enjoy it, turns out I just think peanut butter is okay. I have a jar of peanut butter in my fridge. Sometimes I eat it, but I haven't touched it in months, actually. It's probably bad by now. I should probably get some new peanut butter, but I don't know. But I would have never known that if I had taken the time to slow down and realize that the peanut butter isn't this amazing event. Lastly, remember that you always have control. Like, above all else, actually not above all else, the restricting is the most important part, but I also want you to remember that... The food can't force its way into your mouth. Like, unless someone straps you down and force feeds you, then the food doesn't randomly jump into your mouth and down your throat. Like, the food does not have control over you. You have control over the food. The food isn't evil. The food is just food. A banana is just a banana. A cookie is just a cookie. The cookie didn't decide to be created. The cookie was just created. And the cookie's just there. It's not evil. It's not dirty. It's not um, gonna make you fat. You could lose weight off of a cookie diet. That's something I like to tell my clients. Like I remember a while ago when Halo Top ice cream first came out. Like a lot of people were doing the Halo Top diet. Uh, maybe this was just me. I just saw people doing this, but people would eat as much Halo Top ice cream as they wanted, but they only ate Halo Top ice cream top ice cream and then they would lose weight because of course when you only eat halo top ice cream if it gets old pretty fast and suddenly you're not eating as much plus it's low calorie but people could also do this with like twinkies like there were, i think there was a twinkie diet as well where it's like only eat twinkies and you lose weight right because it's sugar overload but you literally like that food doesn't automatically automatically make you fat what makes what makes people gain weight is an excessive amount of energy that they're consuming versus what they're putting out. That's the only thing, that's almost one of the only things that will make you gain weight. Of course, there's some other factors in there, but that's a big part reason why people gain weight. That being said, the cookie doesn't automatically make you fat unless you eat large, large quantities of it. That's the only way it makes you fat, and it didn't do that. You're deciding to eat the cookie. You always have control. The food doesn't have power over you. The food isn't irresistible. You're making it irresistible in your head. You're handing so much power to the food. The food isn't this all-seeing eye. It's not a genie. It's not um, a trickster. It's just food. It's just nutrients. It's just particles that are edible. Like, that's all food is, and you're giving it all the power. It doesn't have control over you, though. You have control over it. You decide what you put in your body, no one else gets to do that. You get to do that. So really remember that and truly believe that. Like, you know deep down it's never some alternate force that makes you binge. You're the one that has control. And don't feel guilty about that. Get empowered by that. Get excited. No urge can make you binge. No um, thought can make you binge. No feeling can make you binge. You ultimately decide to do that so you can easily stop it. You can stop doing that. I hope that helps you guys. Um... Also, lastly, with the food, 
I know that to the best of our ability, sometimes things just go awry. And sometimes those urges, sometimes you don't know how to deal with them. Sometimes you just have a bad day, you make a mistake, and you decide, hey, I'm going to binge, and it just happens. I want you to have some compassion for yourself. And remember that just because you binged, just because you binge and purge, doesn't mean you're doomed to repeat it forever. Even if this is the most horrible Christmas you've ever experienced, horrible holidays you've ever experienced. It's like the worst possible things could go wrong, you like binge and purge every day. Just because you're doing that does not mean you can't get out of it. I was at a point in my life where I was binging and purging multiple times per day. Every day. And I was at a point in my life where I didn't know if I was going to make it to the next day. And I got out of it. You can get out of it too. People have been hospitalized at the worst possible moments and they have recovered. It is possible for you to recover. Just because something happens this year doesn't mean you can't get out of it. And also you are okay. It's okay that you're not perfect. It's okay that you made a mistake. That's part of being human. Use your experiences to learn and move on from. Okay, I hope this holiday or I hope this food episode has helped you guys. I know it was uh, a lot, but I hope that it helps you out. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Bye! Hey, if you like this episode, you have to come check out the Binge Breakers Recovery Course. If you're trying to recover from bulimia and you're sick of doing it alone and you feel like you've tried a lot of traditional therapies and it's not working with you, come join the course. Go to bingebreakers.com slash recovery dash course.